Tonight we're going to pick up at verse 37. We just saw him two verses back say, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And isn't that what it's all about, you guys? I mean, really finding that lasting substance, that, that thing that we've been searching for and everything else and nothing, nothing hits the spot or meets the mark, but Jesus does. He says, I'm what you've been looking for. And now we're going to pick up. He said, hey, you've seen me, but you don't believe. But now we're going to continue here in verse 37. And the word of God says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Thank you, Lord. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. That of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up on the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me. That everyone who sees the Son and believes in him or on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up the last day. And the Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread of life which came down from heaven. And they said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that this guy that he says, I have come down from heaven? And Jesus therefore answered and said to them, shut up. No, he said, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. And he says it again here, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness. And they're dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And then the Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. And this is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. And these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Let's stop there and pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are the bread, Lord, the bread from heaven, the bread of life. Oh, Lord, help us to open up and hear you by your spirit here in this place from your word, Lord. We want it to be your voice that is proclaimed, Lord. We want to know you more. Lord, help us to know that this is what we should be feasting on, 
nothing else hits the spot, Lord. Help us to only have eyes for you, only have hunger for you, only have ears for you, only have an appetite for you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is true. We pray you just bless and speak from it here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and have communion at the end. After we go through this study, uh, we'll ask Mario to come up and maybe lead us in another song of worship. And, uh, and we'll go ahead and we'll partake. This what he's talking about. His flesh and his blood. And, and then maybe that's kind of weirding you out right now. Like, man, what is this? Some kind of cannibalistic stuff? <laughs> Sounds weird. But, but let's, let's dig in. I mean, we did a message last week. That was just called straight up, got bread, right? And Jesus made initially this proclamation that he is the bread of life. And I want you to take notice of that, you guys, as we're looking at this study tonight, how many times we see that word, life, life, or the word live, or the word living. You're going to see it a lot. I mean, there's, it's almost a bit repetitive in this section as we see it, and and. We shouldn't take that lightly. When Jesus is making a point and he's saying something to, to, to really drive this message home, hey, we should take heed and say, hey, I need to get this. I need, I need, to, take, I need to take hold of this and, and, and grasp this because this is the Lord speaking. I, mean, I, I love it that we, we see all this red print in our red letter, letter Bibles here because it's him talking to us. Hey, he's, yeah, he's talking to the crowd there, right? He went. Those who followed him there across the sea, those had, those had partaken of the miracle, the feeding of the multitude, they followed him, right? Because they were looking for another meal. They were looking for the blessing of God. And he kind of said, hey, hey, I'm the blessing. I'm what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, you can eat physically here. You can, you can partake of things physically. But unless you partake of me, it's all leading to death. Me and me alone, Jesus says, I lead to life. I give life. This is what he said. This is what I came to do. I came to bring life and that more abundantly. Life and life more abundantly. This is a life and death matter. So we're going to call this message tonight, You Are What You Eat. And, and isn't that true? You are what you eat. I mean, we know that physically. And we know that the things that we spend time around, the things that we, we, we give our, we invest ourselves into, right? They end up becoming our, a part of us. And they end up, end up becoming our, our priorities, right? Even if we're going through phases or seasons in life and I'm doing this and I'm doing that, hey, that becomes part of who I am, right? Hey, but I don't want to be involved or I don't want to be feasting or eating of anything that's leading me to death. I want to be eating what's giving me life. It's all about life. Hey, look at, what, look at what Paul the Apostle wrote in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which, you, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, speaking of the devil, speaking of Satan, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were the nature by nature the children of wrath just as the others but but god i love it when it says but god right because it's all that yeah the, 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 we were dead in our trespasses hey when we were living in sin in bondage of sin living by the appetites of our gut and our flesh i'm gonna do this because i want to do this right 
So often we want to do something, but is that always the right thing to do? Right? I mean, my kids, if they, if I let them have what they want to have for dinner every night, we're probably going to be having ice cream every night, right? <laughs> and maybe that tastes good, but is that good for them? Is that, is that good for their, for their health and for their growing bodies? Well, just the way that as parents, we kind of set the tone of what is beneficial and what is uh, leading to somewhere that we don't want to go. This is our God, our Father has set the tone. He said, hey, if you're looking for life, it's in Jesus, right? But God, listen to this, who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. He loved us when we were dead in our trespasses. What? He made us alive together with Christ. This is what is given to believers, to the children of God, that we are made alive. We went from zombies to the living and now and you kind of look at it if you've been walking with the lord you look at other people that are in doing the same things that you once did and you're like man they're dead it's the walking dead all around me man <laughs> you know and, and and you and and you don't look down on them your heart breaks for them like bro that you would come and know life that you would come and know jesus you are what you eat hey we saw this in the garden of eden Adam and Eve, they had everything they needed, you guys. Everything. They had direct relationship and communion with God himself. He met every need that they had. But the devil came and he, and he sold a lie to them. That if they would just eat of this tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that they might have some of the information that God had. Hey, that God was trying to hold something back from them. That everything they needed wasn't found in God. This is what the devil's lie is. And guess what? He's still slanging it every day in this culture, right now, in this community, all around us. He's leading people to believe. Hey, he's leading us to believe sometimes, right? That everything we need is not in God. And so I got to run here. I got to look to my bank account. I got to look to my popularity. I got to look to my social media. I got to look to my health. I got to look to what, how my body feels. Do I feel good, right? No. I got to look to God. He alone is the food, is the bread that we are looking for, right? And so we have to be conscious that there is an enemy who is trying to tell us that God is not enough. That he doesn't want to give you everything you need. That he doesn't care about you. We know that's a lie. Why? Jesus went to the cross for us. He proved his love once and for all. It's undeniable, right? And we see this in our, 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 our health, you know. We see this in food itself. I read a lot of studies, you know, with my wife's health about uh, vitamin deficiency and, and, and the best foods to eat. You know, we're all into smoothies. We make smoothies every day. And I get the Vitamix and I put kale and spinach and all organic and berries and pomegranate and turmeric and coconut oil and chia seeds, man, and pineapple and mangoes. Every day. Every day. The goods. Hey, this is God's medicine, right? But we are what we eat. We put these things in our body because we want the good stuff. We know that, hey, man, if we do go hit that fast food spot, we're going to get a bunch of stuff in our body that shouldn't be in there. A bunch of man-made chemicals and things. And if you start to look at now what medicine is finding, almost all disease is environmental. Right now, 5% is genetic. 95% is environmental. The things we put in our body. 
The things we expose are, people are saying, well, how come families, you know, down the line, the father gets cancer, the son gets cancer, the grandson gets cancer. They live the same lifestyle. They eat the same diets, right? This is their passed down from culture to culture. You are what you eat. We see it that, right? We see it in food itself. God has given us that picture. God has given, I'm not, not here to give you a, a dietary lesson. Right? Oh, this is what we found and we do this because of our health. And it's good. It's beneficial. We see the fruits of it, quite literally, sprouting in our garden, right? In the backyard, right? We see the fruits of it in, in health. We want to pass that on to our kids. If we're going to pass down a cultural thing, we want them to learn to eat in this way, right? And, but a lot of times we look at that like, man, it's too expensive to eat like that, right? Well, isn't there always a cost? Yeah, there's a cost to eat. From the bread of life too. What does it cost? Everything. You got to lay, lay down everything that you once ran to at the foot of the cross and say, hey, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done running to that to, to make me feel better or to numb me or to find my identity. No, I'm going to come to Jesus boldly, right? Hey, we know that whatever we put in has lasting consequences, right? Some of us, man, we've done so much damage to our bodies over the years that we're still feeling it. There's some things that we'll never get rid of. You know, there's lasting consequences for what we put in, right? So what I ask you guys here tonight, what is it that you're eating? Are you eating of this world the things like pride and idolatry and division and revelry? Revelry, anytime you see revelry in the, the Bible, that we just that's partying. Just, just think about a party, man. It's drunkenness and, and acting lewd, you know what I mean? And, 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 and the lusts of the flesh and all the things that come along with that. That's revelry. These are the things that we eat of. What's the product of that? It's not godly, right? It causes great damage. And we know that. We've, we've, we've experienced that, many of us, right? <clears throat> but when you spend time with somebody, when you spend time with God in His Word, what happens when you spend time, a lot of time with someone... You start to become like that person, right? I remember on 101 Dalmatians, when the, in the beginning they're walking their dogs down the street and the dog looks just like the owner. I always thought that was funny. Or they say, you know, like some, some married couples, after a while they start to look like each other or talk like each other. And we know that, man. Like amongst the homies, everybody kind of had the same way of speaking, yeah. you know? And we pick it up because we spend a lot of time around each other like, hey, what's up, dog? You know what I mean? And it passes on because it's, you spent time with that. Yeah. It becomes a part of who you are, your, your character, right? Or are we eating and partaking of Christ? What's the result of that? It's going to make us more Christ-like. You are what you eat, right? Now, back when they came up with this title, Christian, back in the early church, okay? Now, they, the original followers back in the book of Acts, after the time of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit had come down. They identified themselves as of the way. Right? Not the way international, but of, of the way, the, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, that's how they identified. And, and the outsiders were like, look at those Christians. It was like a slur that meant little Christs. Little Christ, as if that was to say something bad about, look at those little Christs, man. What do they think they are? That's what Christians, that's where the word comes from. But as Christians, isn't that our desire? To become more like him to eat of grace to eat of mercy and forgiveness and patience and joy and humility and love what happens when we eat of these things you are what you eat right if i'm eating these things in turn 
I become gracious, more gracious. It's a process, right? More merciful, more forgiving, more patient, more joyous, right? I become more humble. I become more loving. If I'm eating of these things, the characteristics of Christ, right? They become our character, becomes Christ-like. I love this in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been re revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. This is the goal of Christian living is to become more and more like Jesus. Right? So, so look at what we're seeing here now. Jesus is addressing. He's continuing his address to these people. And he's saying, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Now, there's many, many debates on the doctrines of election and predestination. And has God called some to be saved and some to be damned? And we're not going to get into that debate because I believe such things are divisive. And, and a lot of times you see Christians arguing these things while non-believers are looking on like these guys are idiots. They don't even know what they believe within each, each other. But what I will say and what I do see here is God is sovereign. And God is the one who initiates this relationship. He calls us. Any of us that are here know that. Or we wouldn't be here. That He calls and what do we do? We answer. We respond. He calls and we respond, right? And we know that God also sometimes hardens hearts. We saw that with Pharaoh, right? God once again hardened his heart and he wouldn't let the children of Israel go. Sometimes I, I look at family members that I love dearly and I'm like, Lord, when? When? And I know that, that, that maybe their heart has been hardened and it's not time. And you know what? I can find peace in that because it's not for me to pick when that time is. It's part of God's plan. And I can trust him because I know that he's good. I know what he's done in my life. I know I've seen miracles across the board. And so I got to be patient and trust in he who stands at the beginning and the end of time, right? He's got all eternity in his hands, right? But look at what we see. God calls, we respond. But I love the second part of the verse. He says, anyone, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. There is never going to be someone who comes knocking at God's door who is going to say, get off my doorstep. So whether you believe that, that, that you know, God has elected some and not elected others, we know, hey, and you might be thinking, is that me? If you're here, it's you. Man, he's called you. He's called you. Or you wouldn't be here seeking him out, right? And if you seek him, he invites you in. He says, if you knock, I'll answer it. If you ask, I'll answer it. If you, if you knock, I'll open it, right? If you ask, I'll give it to you. This is God's very nature, right? And I have come down from heaven, right? So everybody's right now off of straight out of Compton, everyone, you know, straight out of Colton, straight out of San Bernardino, straight out of this. Jesus says, I'm coming straight out of heaven. That's, his, that's the meme he's putting on his Facebook is straight out of heaven. That's what he's saying. Look it. This is what he's saying. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus says, I'm submitted to the Father. Does that mean he's less than the Father? Absolutely not. Hey, my wife follows my lead. 
as the, I'm the head of the household, I'm the husband, does that mean she's less than me? No. But see, there's order there. It just says Jesus submits to the will of the Father, and the Holy Spirit submits to the will of Jesus. There's order in that. That God has given us marriage, that we have that picture. We studied that as we looked in Colossians. You can also find it in Ephesians, right? That the husband is to love the wife. And the, love is to, the wife is to submit to the husband. Not because he's lording over it, because he's better. But this is the, the way that God has ordered it. Hey, when we go with his plan over ours or man's or whatever's passing in the courts, then we're eating of the bread of life. Then we are going towards what? Life. And not towards death. You see that? So he says, this is the will of the Father who sent me. That all he has given me, I should lose nothing. And maybe you feel sometimes like, man, is God losing his grip on my life? Is he going to drop me? Hey, we're told in the word that, that nothing can snatch us out of the hand of the Father. I so just know that, that God is in the process. He's refining you. When you find yourself in the storm, right? He's guiding you. He's perfecting you. He's preparing you for eternity, right? And, and, and nothing is going to be wasted. As we saw the disciples gathered the fragments, nothing is wasted. Don't feel like you're going to be overlooked. This is speaking of all the body of Christ, all those who have put their faith in Jesus. None are going to be left behind. This is the promise. We have assurance in our salvation. Do you guys know that? We shouldn't ever doubt that. If we know that we are his children, right? My, my sons, my, my children should never doubt my love for them. Man. That I got them covered. That I'm going to watch out for them. That I'm going to protect them. In the same way, if I can say that, and I'm a mess, can God say that? You better believe it. And we can trust it. If he says it, we trust it, right? Look at this. This is the will of he who sent me. That I should lose nothing, but I should raise it up at the last day. Speaking of the resurrection of the saints, right? Those who are dead in Christ and know they're not sleeping. All the saints who haven't, have died on before us are not just sleeping somewhere, right? Because we have to understand the difference between time and eternity. That when you are absent from the body, you are what? Present with the Lord. And sometimes that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. But that's okay because these are human minds. And we don't have the understanding that God has, but God is eternal. And in the moment we pass from time, we go into eternity, into his presence. But speaking of the resurrection of the saint, that he will raise him up. Just as he was raised on the third day, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave will raise us. And we will, hey, we get a little taste of eternity here. When we, when we give our life to the Lord, we start to look at this, everything from this eternal perspective right the little stuff is little stuff man in the scale of eternity right but in this day in the last days hey we'll get those glorified bodies that we've been promised and just like we just saw in first john we will be like him not because we're gunning for his spot not because we're going to become gods or get our own planet or whatever other cultist things teach no that we're going to be with him in perfect communion and fellowship with him and then look at this he's rejected by his own the jews then complained about him and said because he said i am the bread which came down from heaven the jews are like and this is not speaking anti-semitically this is speaking of those who were there the religious authority there who were in the synagogue at capernaum 
Okay? And sometimes we'll see it as a blanket statement of the, the, the religious higher-ups, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. That's who he's speaking of. It's not saying all Jews were mad because he said this. No. Those who were trying to kind of control people through religion didn't like this. And he said, I'm the bread from heaven. And they said, hey, isn't that Jesus? Jesus bar Joseph, the son of Joseph, the son of the carpenter. Hey, they knew him in Capernaum. That was close to his hood. Right? They were in Galilee right there. They're like, yo, we know his parents, man. He's talking about he's straight out of heaven. This fool's like uh, uh, claiming to say he's not from. That's basically what they're saying. And they, they were trying to chop down his credibility. Take note of that. Anytime someone is trying to kind of demean or belittle the deity of Jesus Christ, that is the work of the enemy. Right? Some would say, oh, he's a great prophet or a great man, but that's all. No, he's God. He is God Almighty, right? Or we see it in, in pop culture now. You're making cartoons of him, making fun of him, you know, in parades, making a mockery of him, right? Anything that would try to cut down who Jesus is is coming from the enemy directly. We have to acknowledge that and, and be aware of that, right? And now he's saying, I've come down from heaven. And then he answered to them and says, basically, I, I said that when I was reading. You might, I, I don't know if that's too far. I say, he says, shut up. Basically, he says, shut up. You guys don't know nothing. Don't murmur. Stop complaining amongst yourself, fools. You guys are so religious that you can't see that God is right in front of your face. Hey, what bread were they eating of? The bread of self-righteousness. The bread of, look at me, man. You, you're not as good as me. That, that bread of, of judging others and looking down your nose at other people when you're hyper-religious, hyper-spiritual, self-idolatry, right? That's the bread that they were eating of. And that's, that's here relevant today, too. We see people that are thinking they're finding their righteousness in something that they do when Jesus says, it is finished upon the cross that, that he did it. That it's not about what we do, but what he has done. And when we surrender to that and live in that and eat of that bread, hey, then we can see miracles and transformations and blessings just flow across the board, right? Hey, he says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up. He says it again. I will raise him up on the last day. He's talking about God's sovereignty. He's saying, your hearts are hardened. You don't see it. You're missing it. God's not, not drawing you here. You claim to have the authority. You claim to have the inside track to God. But you, 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 he's obviously not drawing you. You're obviously not experiencing it. Or your heart is hardened. He's saying, anyone that comes to me, I will raise him up. And it is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Quoting straight from Isaiah 54, 13. Right? He's saying, you guys, I'm going to quote the Old Testament. You guys are, are masters of the Old Testament. Right? You guys study it day and night. You're the scribes. You rewrite it. You, you, you use it. Right? To kind of point the authority to yourselves. He says, I'm going to show you that if you understand this, then you would know who I am because all the Old Testament is pointing to me. And this is what Jesus is telling them there. And look at He says, not that anyone has seen the Father Except two. Except him, he's saying. I, I've been with him. I just came from heaven. My father, I've been there in eternity with him. I've seen him. You want to know 
what he has to say? You want to know how he feels towards this world? You want to know how he feels towards sin? You want to know how he feels towards religion? I'll tell you because I've been with him. I am him, Jesus is saying. Wow. Therefore, anyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Right? You'll know that you are his because you'll come to Jesus. We'll see this. If someone is truly walking with God, they'll be abiding in Christ. Right? He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? This is the proof in the pudding. You see this? Look at this. Most assuredly, the double lay man, verily, verily, verse 47, I say to you, he who believes in me has what? Everlasting life. There's that word. And remember, we looked at this 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 idea of believing in and then also believing on. Putting all your weight on. Putting all your trust on. Hey, you don't got any other options, right? You're putting all you got on Jesus. This is he who inherits and is given by the grace of God everlasting life. The one who trusts. The one who believes. The one who surrenders. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they're dead. That was... Yeah, it was, it was, it was pro provided by God, but it was still physical. Just like the bread we ate on the other side of, of the Galilee. Though it was miraculously provided, it was still physical, right? It was still bread for your body. It wasn't this spiritual bread. I'm the spiritual bread, Jesus says. Wow. He says right there, verse 48, I am the bread of life. Look at that. Now, he continues on, your, your fathers ate this manna, right? This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. If you're looking for everlasting life, if you're looking for eternity, if you're looking for heaven, then you partake of Jesus. This is the recipe. He says it again, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is what? My flesh. That his flesh was ripped open and torn open for us. That he was whipped with the cat of nine tails, right? Hey, and he said, this is my, 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 this is my body. This bread that is broken, right? And we know that none of his bones were broken. That was the prophecy. The psalmist had said it. And we read in the Gospels that it's affirmed that not a bone was broken in his body. But his flesh was broken and, and torn open and ripped. What? For us, you guys. Hey, when we take hold of that, it's gruesome, I know. His blood was spilled out. When we take hold of it and we do this, we take communion in remembrance of him. It's heavy. It's heavy, man. When you, when you come to grips with that, when you come to the foot of the cross and say, Wow, Lord, you did this for me. He says it again. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they're dead. Look, I'm the living bread. And they kept arguing kept arguing they said how's he gonna give us his flesh that you see they were too physically minded how's he gonna are we gonna eat his flesh they were kind of tripping out is this cannibalism right they, they couldn't get past it and sometimes we have to look past the physical and see the spiritual that's going on that's what jesus is telling us here he said to them most assuredly i say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has what? Eternal life. That word life over and over again. He leads to life. He is the bread of life. And he, again, he says, I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh 
is food and my blood is drink. Come to this well. Right? He told the woman in, 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 at, the, at the well in Samaria, right? Drink of this water and you'll never thirst again. And he said this again, I am the bread. He said, come, come to the fountain. Everything you're looking for is found in me, right? He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, lives in me, makes his abode in me, makes his home in me. If you will partake, you abide in me. And if you abide in me, he tells us in John 15, I will abide in you, right? If you'll plug into Jesus, he'll be present. He'll live there in your life. In storms, hey, just like we were talking about, in valleys, he's there. On mountaintops, he's there. But we got to singular, singularize our source. Are we running to a bunch of other tables and plates? Is, it like a, is our life like a buffet? I'm going to get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Or are we running to Jesus? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. Don't run to all the other things. Run to Jesus. And then he's going to work out these things in your life. Come to me. I love that idea that, that in 1 John in chapter 3, he spoke about purity, right? Purity, that word, we think of it as, okay, oh, mm. keeping it pure. But purity is something that comes from one singular source, something that's not diluted, right? Are, are our lives diluted? We have to evaluate that as we look at the word of God. Am I drinking from a bunch of different wells? No cut. Yeah, no cut, bro, the raw uncut. Yeah. That's it. And that's exactly what he's saying. He's like, come get the pure. Come get the raw. It's me. And that should be our source. Not looking, not, not looking to anything else to tell us who we are or what we need or what we hunger for, right? As the living father who sent me, I live because of the father. And so he who feeds on me, feasts on me, partakes of me, will live because of me. Look at this. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna, right? Not physical bread. They're dead. If you eat anything else, you see he's pounding it home. He's bringing it home. He's telling us that everything else is going to fall short. So, so, so singularize your vision. Get to the raw. Get to the no cut, right? That's what he's talking about here. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna. They're dead. But he who eats this bread, speaking of his body, speaking of himself, speaking of his sacrifice, speaking of his work, his perfect work upon the cross, anyone who eats and feasts and partakes of this will what? Will live forever. Isn't that what we're all after? Eternal life. Eternal life. Well, he is eternal life. It's found in Him alone, right? No one comes to the Father but through the Son, but by the Son, but in the Son. You see this? And these things He said in the synagogue as He taught in Capernaum. I have, I have to think that as they're there in the synagogue at Capernaum, that they must have been teaching through the, through the, through the, the journeys of Moses there. Through the, through the feeding of the, the, the children of Israel, through the, the manna that fell from the sky. And Jesus came in and it's like, I know you're talking about bread. I know you came here seeking bread. I know I just gave you some bread. But guess what? I am the bread. 
Will you eat of me? Because you are what you eat. And we have to evaluate that right here, you guys. In Colton, in the IE, in 2015, are we eating of things that lead us to death? Or are we eating of Jesus? Are we feasting of him that leads to life and life more abundantly, life eternal? I'm going to stop there and pray. Mario, if you can come up and we're going to go ahead and, and go to a time of, of taking communion. Father God, we just, we just pour it out here before you, Lord. Whatever we've been wrestling with, Lord. Hey, whatever we've been eating of, Lord. If we've been feeling hungry and unsatisfied, it's because we've been running to the, the brown grass, Lord. Lead us to the green grass, Lord, where you are. Where your bread is, Lord, where you are. We want to be there. Hey, not for your presence that you can give us, but for your presence that we could be in it, Lord. Hey, not, not for your gifts, Lord, but for you, the giver, that we would come and be face to face with you. Lord, we want to be like you. We want to abide in you. And as we, as we get these communion cups, Lord, and we partake of the bread, we realize that, that this is your body, Lord, that was broken for us. We do this in remembrance of your great sacrifice, Lord, that your blood was poured out, Lord. That that blood covers all our iniquities, Lord. Hey, whatever happened today or yesterday or last week or last month or year or whatever, Lord, you've removed it. As far as the east is from the west, let us not look back. The enemy wants to keep us looking back, Lord. We want to look to eternity to everlasting life, Lord. Let us do this in remembrance of you. We thank you, Lord, for your great sacrifice. We thank you that you love us even when we're knuckleheads, Lord. That you're patient, Lord. That you know we're masterpieces and pieces, works in progress, Lord. Help us to stop running to all these fake false substitutes, Lord, all these fugazis. Let us run to you, the real deal, and feast your bread we are what we eat Lord we want to eat of you we want to become more like you we pray this in Jesus name amen, amen. son you want to pass those around as you get your your, your communion there just take some time and think about his sacrifice what he says with that sacrifice, the way he feels towards you, that he did that for you. Think about what he's done in your life. Think about what he's doing in your life right now. Think about what he's going to do in your life. Give him thanks. Give him praise. Give him all of you. Feast of him. His body that was broken, his blood that was poured out. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you in this place, Jesus. Yes.
Desperate for you, I'm desperate for you. Oh, we're desperate for you, God. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. without you, God, and I, oh, 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 I'm lost without you, God, say I'm lost without you, I'm lost without you, oh, we just see it tonight, I'm lost without you. Admit it before the Lord, I'm lost without you. In this journey we call life, I'm lost without you, God. We don't understand, we're desperate for you, God. For you. I'm desperate for you. Desperate for you. 
desperate without you, Lord. We're so lost without you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us everything that we hunger for. We thank you, Lord. If there's anybody here, anybody listening right now, maybe you've surrendered your life to the Lord. Maybe you've accepted Jesus in your life, or maybe you haven't. I'm going to just direct this to both of those groups, both of those parties. And maybe you've been feasting off of other things, running to other things. You know, they don't hit the spot. They don't satisfy. Lord, just reveal that to us here now, Lord, that we would cry out to you, that we would surrender to you, Lord, that we would feast of you. Lord, thank you that we can come here and have communion to eat of your flesh and drink of your blood, Lord, that you poured it out for us, Lord, that everything we need is found there. Lord, I pray a special blessing upon everyone that's walked through these doors seeking you, Lord, seeking none other than you, Lord, wanting to hear from you. Lord, bring healing in their lives, Lord, bring healing in their families, Lord. Father, we pray for all our family members that don't know you right now, that you would touch their hearts, Lord. That you would draw them near, Lord. Yes, Lord. That they would respond to you, Father. Use us, Lord. We say, here we are. Send us, Lord. We want to speak your truth. We want to share your love, Lord. We want to point them to you, the bread of life. But for any listening to these words right now, listening to your word, God, want to give an opportunity to surrender, to come to that one source seek after purity to seek after you Lord and saints I just ask you to pray along with me whether you've committed a million times or you're committing for the first time today just declare Lord Jesus Jesus. I surrender I surrender I I give you my life and I feast of you the bread of life the bread of life Lord forgive me for my sins Lord forgive me of my sins Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For your sacrifice. For your sacrifice. For your body that was broken. For your body that was broken. For your blood that was spilled. For your blood that was spilled. I want to serve you. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to live for you. From this day forward. From this day forward. And it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance and give you peace. God bless you guys. Love you.